I'm a scientist. I'm a, uh, a physicist. My training was in quantum mechanics. Um, I started my study of Islam when I was 30 years old. I've studied religion, all religions. I've, uh, and my way of studying anything is to read, if possible, its source text. For instance, I studied for over a year at the Orthodox Synagogue to study Torah. And that's the way I like to study. So when I studied Islam, my first thing was to go to, they were Sufi masters, and so I went, studied with them, practiced some of their practices, and read some of their books. Uh, I began to be aware that <coughs> Sufism, which is mystical Islam, was like a palace that had a basement in it. The door to the basement is locked, but something <coughs> smells bad down there. So I drifted off and then didn't study Islam for a long time, and then I was a professor for eight years at Terribly Slow University, also called Tennessee State University. <laughs> I called it that when I was there. Nobody ever argued with me. Uh, and I had a lot of Muslim students, and it was very clear that they were different in a way that I couldn't quite put my finger on. There was a distance always there. So I <clears throat> started my study of the Quran all over again. This time I plowed through it. Long story made short, on 9-11, uh, I, I saw the second plane hit the second tower. I stood up and I said, it is jihad, Islam is here. I turned off the TV set and I've not watched TV since. Uh, I realized that uh, I grew up in a nation which knew nothing about Islam. Nothing. They didn't know the difference between a Hindu and a Muslim. And up to that point in my life, I had been a father, a grandfather, a successful businessman, a professor, but my life was always actually a little hollow to me. I was left with the question is, what is it I'm supposed to do? When the second plane hit the second tower, I knew what I was supposed to do. Uh, so it was sort of a peculiar Saul on the road to Damascus in a strange sense of all of a sudden I knew what, and this is what I do. This is all that I do. My entire life is devoted to this. I work a six-and-a-half-day week, about 14 hours a day. Uh, my wife is an internet researcher. Um, this is what I do. And the reason I do this is simple, is that this is... In engineering, we have different terms for how important something is. One term we use is critical. What that means, if you have a critical failure, you no longer have a mission. You're in flames. And so far as I'm concerned, today at this gathering, many issues will be spoken of. All of them are important. None of them are critical. This issue is critical. No matter how you stand on abortion, if Sharia law is put into place, it makes no difference what your original stance was. No matter how you feel about anything, it doesn't make any difference because the Sharia will annihilate our civilization. I was asked to speak today on the subject of radical Islam. So very quickly, let me give you how the story is going to end. Talking about radical Islam is like talking about unicorns. You can draw up a nice story, whatever you want to do, but in the end there are no unicorns. And we'll see in the end, there is no radical Islam. And that indeed, if someone uses that term, immediately you'll know they don't really know everything that they're talking about.
If we're going to talk about radical Islam, I would suggest the place to start is to talk about Islam. Because you see, we hear about moderate Islam, radical Islam, and everybody wants to define moderate Islam as a Muslim I know at work who seems like a nice guy. So he must be, that must be moderate Islam. And then radical Islam, well, that's that Osama bin Laden or something like that. Well, if we're going to talk about Islam, we have to first start with the Quran. All right? There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. And if we're going to study what that means, then we need to study the Quran. Now, here's what's important, and this is critical to the whole discussion. There are two Qurans. There's an early Quran and a late Quran. The early Quran is written in Mecca, the late Quran is written in Medina, and they are radically different books. Hence, we have this business. This leads to the asking of the question, what is the real Islam? The thing that's peculiar about the Quran is, is that you cannot be a Muslim and practice from it. Everyone's heard about the five pillars of Islam. All right. Well, using the Quran, it is not possible to practice any of those five pillars. However, there's 91 verses in the Quran which say every Muslim is to lead their life identical to that of Muhammad. They're to pattern their life after him. Uh, in Christianity, it's sometimes said that the proper ethical question is, what would Jesus do? Inside of Islam, there is another question, what did Muhammad do? Because we know so much about Muhammad, we have his biography and we have his traditions. And the hadith are what his traditions are, and these hadith can be, the shortest one is, war is deceit. And the longest one's about a page and a half, a letter he wrote to a Byzantine ruler. So all of the hadith are little stories. The sirah is his biography, 800 pages of fine print. Between the hadith and the sirah, we know more about Muhammad than we do George Washington. We know Muhammad's most intimate habits. When I say his most intimate habits, how he went to the bathroom, how he had sex, what foreplay was like for him, all right? How he lay on his back. When he spit, did he spit to the left or the right? How did he drink a glass of water? We know all of these things about Muhammad because every Muslim is to do everything as he did it. Hence the question, what did Muhammad do? Now you'll notice that the Quran, which is on this, so we have Hadith, Sirah, Quran, and the Quran looks small in comparison to them. Oh, before we go further, I have found that when I say Islam, people think Muslim. As a matter of fact, this turns out to be one of the critical things about any discussion of Islam in America. People do not know what Islam is, in spite of the fact it has a definition. And so instead, Islam is whatever Muslims do. So if I'm talking about Islam, and I say something about Islam that they go, ooh, that's kind of horrifying. They say, oh, Bill, when you say that Muhammad averaged an event of violence on the average of every six weeks for the last nine years of his life, that's hate speech. And you're hating Muslims. How come a statistical fact is hate speech? And how come I'm talking about a book, the Sirah and the Hadith, and they're confusing it with a Muslim? I have been called by the Southern Poverty Law Center as one of the top ten bigots in America. 
Why? Because they say I'm a Muslim basher. This is as close as I get to talking about Muslims. I talk about doctrine. I talk about words on a piece of paper. I talk about ideology. And yet they say, oh, you're a hater. No, because I talk about Hadith, Sirah, Quran. I don't talk about Muslims. Big distinction. And yet, this is what people, this is their thinking process. Okay, real quick. The Sirah is a quarter of the uh, body of work. These Hadith or traditions are about 60%. I like to say that, and the Quran is about 14% of the textual doctrine, I like to say that Islam is 14% Allah and 86% Muhammad. Now, why are we talking about this? Because I'm supposed to be talking about radical Islam. Let's go a little further. Here's our first clue as to the two different Islams we have. The early Quran, written in Mecca, has phrases like, you have your religion and I have mine. This verse is quoted at every single bridge-building dialogue that the preacher and the rabbi go to to sit there with the imam. They drag out this verse. Or another one they love to drag out is, let there be no compulsion in religion. This all comes from Mecca. Later, in Medina, I shall cast terror into the hearts of the Kafirs. Kafirs are non-Muslims. I'm a Kafir and I presume you are too. Strike off their heads, strike off the very tips of their fingers. I don't want anybody doing any of these things to me. The first part sounds like the First Amendment, freedom of religion. The sex part sounds like terrorism. Jihad is what it is. Well, if you have a Western trained mind, your question should be popping up in your head, well, which one is the real one? Which one is the real one? And the answer is yes, as we'll see. All right, if we're going to talk about radical Islam or moderate Islam, we need to define Islam. Here it is. Islam is the doctrine found in the Quran, the Sirah, and the Hadith. It's Allah plus the Sunnah of Muhammad, and the Sunnah of Muhammad is just what did he do? What is his perfect example? So Islam is Quran, Sirah, Hadith, or uh, really the way I like it, Islam is Allah and Muhammad. Islam is not what Muslims do, because <coughs> Muslims are like Christians. Do you think you can really find the teachings of Christ in everything that a lot of people who call themselves Christians? No you'd wind up with some kind of funny Jesus if you try to work backwards from the Christian to Christ. Well, it's the same with Islam. Why go to Muslims? What you want to do is you want to go to Islam. All right. Real quick, we need to know this, because this is going to, everything hinges off of this. The Qurans and the Hadith and the Sirah devote nearly all of their time to how to be a Muslim? No. Most of what they're about is us. What to do to us. How to treat us. How to talk to us. How to persuade us. How to convert us. How to kill us. It's mostly about us. And this is where we diverge so much from, say, Buddhism as an example. The Quran, nearly two-thirds of it's about us. Muhammad's life, 81% of it is about us. 
The Hadith only is about 37% about us. The three sacred texts of Islam, over 50% of it is about us. And by the way, in an essence we've defined the Bible of Islam here as well. Let me make this clear. The Quran is not the Bible of Islam. It's one of three sacred texts. All right? Islam is not the worship of Allah, it's the worship of Allah and the imitation of Muhammad. And the imitation of Muhammad is more important than the worship of Allah. Okay, so that's about us, and here's why that's important. Political Islam is the Islamic doctrine that deals with the kafir, which is all I care about. I don't care about how to pray in Islam. I don't care about that at all. What I care about is how I am treated. Well, gosh, that sounds a little egocentric, doesn't it, Bill? Yeah, call it that if you want to, but I want to know the part of Islam that is about me. Political Islam. Because I am not included in the religion, nor are you. But you are included in this part of Islam. And this is why we're involved with Islam. If Islam were just Mecca, we, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in my wood shop which is where I was on 9-11. Okay. Cast terror into their hearts. That's a verse about jihad. Now you have been led to believe that jihad is, oh, you know, there's two or three verses, and then there's all that violence in the Old Testament. Okay? Well, first off, notice something about the jihad. In Mecca, there is no jihad. That is, in Muhammad's early religious day, there was no talk of jihad. It was, let there be no compulsion in religion. Then he turned to jihad in Medina. Notice that two-thirds of his biography is about killing kafirs. And 21% of the hadith is about killing kafirs. This is not insignificant. Nearly a third of the total trilogy is about jihad. Now maybe we're getting a little insight here into maybe how we're going to be working around to radical Islam here because quite frankly jihad is radical but it's very precisely radical. Now there's something else about the that we need to understand. Early Quran written in Mecca is very Jewish pro-Jewish. Later it's very anti-Jewish. And this we want to pay attention to because it turns out that when we look at the anti-Jew text, it's a total of 9%, whereas Mein Kampf, the gold standard, is only 7%. Now then, here's the question. Is Islam pro-Jewish or anti-Jewish? Yes. It's both. Here's a growth curve. I'm a scientist and I've been a businessman. It's very interesting to plot growth. What do you notice immediately, even if you can't see anything, that this is two separate stages of work here? You have your early, you have your latter. In his early days, Muhammad preached the peace of Islam and got 150 people to follow him. 150 over a 13-year period. That's about 10 a year. He moved to Medina, where he became a warlord, a jihadist, and when he died, every Arab was a Muslim. Translation, religion was a failure. Peace was a failure. Jihad was an overwhelming success. Let's summarize it all. I call this dualism. 
Anti-Jew, Mecca, almost none. Medina, a lot. Jihad in Mecca, none. In Medina, a lot. The growth, no jihad, and then all jihad. The Bible, the, the, you have your religion, I have mine, I shall cast terror. Let's go back to what I'm talking about. Radical Islam. Radical Islam is nothing more than the Islam of Medina. Moderate Islam is the Islam of Mecca. So that's this dualism that we have. Notice that everything I'm telling you about has nothing to do with people. It has to do with doctrine, words on paper. So, Islam is dualistic. There is Meccan Islam and there is Medinan Islam. One's a big smile and the other is I'll take you down however I can. Which is the real Islam. Again, the proper answer is yes. yes. That's the proper Islam. Radical Islam is Medinan Islam. Modern Islam is Meccan. And of course, which one is real? They're both real. Here's why we want to talk about this. This is not an idle discussion. I have plotted the growth of Islam in countries where there is no Christianity left anymore. This is a plot of Turkey. Turkey used to be called Anatolia. It was the site of the seven churches of Asia. Saul was from Tarsus. Tarsus was in Asia Minor, or Anatolia. Anatolia was Greek and Christian until Islam invaded. Whereupon, the Christians in Turkey, or Anatolia, did not get a choice of convert or die. What they got was a new government based on the Sharia. Notice what happens to Christianity over the centuries with Sharia. Note, then do notice that the bottom scale here is done in centuries. What happens to Christianity? Today, Turkey is 99.7% Muslim, 0.3% Christian, and the Christians are leaving and declining. This is what happens with Sharia law. This is what happens with political Islam. It is not convert or die. It is live under the Sharia. Christianity can sustain itself under communism. Christianity can sustain itself under Nazism. Christianity cannot sustain itself under the Sharia. Obviously this fact is not well understood anywhere in the state of Tennessee because when the governor made two appointments, one that talked about Sharia finance and now then he has decided that the voice of Islam will be represented only by Muslim Brotherhood, American Muslim Advisory Council. My voice is not welcome. He has decided that the Sharia is here. What is the problem? Does every pulpit rise up in insurrection and say, no, the Sharia will destroy Christianity and will destroy politics as we know it in Tennessee? No. The church is silent. The church doesn't know anything's going on. And yet, look, the church will be annihilated by the Sharia. And the first mention of it coming on board is like, welcome, brother. We're all about tolerance. The Sharia will destroy the Constitution. The Sharia will destroy Christianity. And you go, Bill, come on. This is the buckle on the Bible belt. 
If that be true, let me assure you that the church's pants are down around its ankles. Because I'm only condemning 95% of the ministers, but they're asleep and afraid. I say I rarely meet religious leaders anymore. I do meet a lot of chief executive officers that run a 501c3 that has a meeting on Sunday morning. Again, I'm only talking about 95% of them. But this is what political Islam does. And by the way, it does the same to Buddhism. Afghanistan was Buddhist. It does the same to Hindus. Pakistan was Hindu. So where everybody's sitting around going, well, you know, this is not a problem. I've got this new Muslim neighbor. He's a nice guy. There's nothing to worry about. I'm not talking about Muslims. I'm talking about what the doctrine of Islam does. Okay. I've, yes. I've made this lecture a little quicker than I normally would because, as you know, we're running behind schedule.